Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. excited that you're here for us as we do this teaching on how did Jesus minister and we want God's going to bring true apostles on the scene he's going to begin to empower those who are apostles who've not yet begin to walk in the authority and power that he's calling them to and so we want to be a part of that we want to learn how to do that we want to follow and see what Jesus wants to teach us and so if you go to the um so the video do you want to be healed go look at that one and we're going to pick up from that one this is all in the book of John in chapter five and so Jesus had healed a man who had been uh, crippled for over 30 some years and the man got up picked up his mat he was so excited to be healed and then the um the leaders of the true movement of God in the church in the Jewish tradition before Christ, the Pharisees, came and brought their rules, didn't go after the heart of what it meant not to work on the Sabbath. And so they, they really shamed, tried to shame the man. And when they found out that this person named Jesus this uh, troublemaker Jesus, who wasn't just doing everything they wanted the exact way he wanted, they decided from that point on that they're going to persecute him because he did healing on the Sabbath. I love this. Jesus was not afraid of his critics. He was not afraid of those who were persecuting him. He did not care if they said it was fake news. He didn't care about their fact-checking. He was all about speaking the truth. So he says to them, Jesus answered these critics. He said, every day my father is at work and I will be too. This infuriated them and made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him. For not only did he break their Sabbath rules, but he called, him, he called God my father, which made him equal to God. So they're like, so instead of Jesus trying to play nice, he just right out hits it my father always is working and I'm gonna work too I want to look and see what what is that in um the amplified let's see what it says in the amplified but Jesus answered my father has been working until now he's never ceased working and I am working too so this infuriated them made them all the more eager to devise a plan to kill him for not only did he break their Sabbath rules but he called God my father which made him equal to God so Jesus says to them, okay, he is not being intimidated, everybody. So uh, someone filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, will stand up to demons and people, even in leadership, who are trying to control them and stop them from doing what God wants them to do. So Jesus says, I speak to you a timeless truth. This is powerful. Now, this is so key. This is the, to me, this is the major key to living an apostolic life. This is the major key to being a true 
end-time apostle with real power. So Jesus says, I speak to you a timeless truth. The Son is not able to do anything from himself or through his own initiative. I only do the works that I see the Father doing, for the Son does the same works as his Father. Because the Father loves his Son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he is about to do. And you will be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. Just like the Father has power to raise the dead, the Son will raise the dead and give life to whomever he wants. All right, wow, that's a lot, isn't it? I mean, everyone who's serious about being led by the Holy Spirit, serious about glorifying God with their life, serious about moving into an apostolic anointing, everyone's serious about that has got to begin to, I believe, meditate on these scriptures, ask Holy Spirit to make this real in your life, really begin to trust that God can do this and recognize that everything that's real, everything that's powerful, everything that God's going to get the glory in, everything that he's going to do is going to be because he will only do what God puts on his heart to do. He will not do what he thinks he should do. How many know right now the church is probably more full of programs and um, I mean, when people set up for a year in advance what their sermons are going to be, did God really sit down and Holy Spirit tell you for a whole year what the sermons are going to be? It doesn't matter who, uh, what's going to be happening. How could anybody go through the last few years and not talk about the book of Revelations and really know the Holy Spirit? How could almost anybody go through the last few years and, and not uh, go after God with everything in their heart? To, to find out how do we handle this. Even this teaching I'm giving you is because when the Lord said, I want to raise up a new wineskin, which means I want what I'm going to do with you, what I'm going to do with Beauty for Ashes, what I'm doing, I'm not saying just with us, but with others in this hour is something new and different. And I want, I prepared you to do it. And I'm like, well, how am I going to know how to do it if it's something that that is not being done that much? As I, I've, I've already studied Paul in Scripture. I've already studied Peter in Scripture. I've learned a lot. And then Jesus said, well, why don't you study me? I was called an apostle. So I thought, well, that sounds fun. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, here I come. Right? I'm going to hang out with God and get in the anointing, and that's why you guys are here. So I, I really want you to really let this go really deep in you because Everything we do, Jesus is what they call the cornerstone, which means he holds the whole thing together. So what we're doing is teaching to see how does this really work. This is greater than, I don't want to say greater. This is more powerful and correct and getting everything in alignment than reading somewhere else in the Bible. What did Jesus say and do? It doesn't do away with any other part of the Bible but it is what you should guide you in what you believe. I need to see it in the life of Jesus. I need to see it all in the life of Jesus. All right? All right. So I will do works that I see my father do. I only do the works that I see my father doing for the son does, not, does the same work as his father. That's pretty wild. I'm only going to do what I see my father doing. I, if you guys, those who are here, if you ever come to a Sunday service of Beauty for Ashes, we do not know what's going to happen next. We really try to hear 
What is it that you want to do, God? How do you want to do this, God? What are we going to do, God? And sometimes we, and, and now he's put us into this place to say, you know what, Cindy, I'm not always going to show you. I'm going to show someone else. And if they don't step out and do it, you all aren't going to do anything. Well, that's really hard for me because I'm used to hearing God and flowing with God. And I can kind of tell when we're missing it and see who's supposed to be speaking and all these things and been able to kind of orchestrate it a little bit as I hear God. And we've had some powerful meetings, haven't we? And has anybody here ever felt like we weren't having oil or the word of God? Or I'm not asking for revival. I have, I'm living in the presence of God. But God wants to take this to his whole body, to his whole church. And so, um, so it's awkward for me personally that I have to now trust that you're going to step out, those who go to this church. And we're at 487 Denby Boulevard, Newport News, Virginia, 23608. At least that's where we're at in the year 2023. And so um, you can join us uh, anytime. We have a Sunday service and we have a Tuesday service and a Thursday service. I mean, Friday. What did I say? Oh, no, Thursday. No, not yet. He goes on to say, because the father loves his son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he's about to do. Wow. How many know that Jesus is very clear that the father loves you? He loves you so much that he sent in his only begotten son to die for your sins. He sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of you so you can have a relationship with the father. How awesome is that? Okay, does everybody agree he loves you? Okay, everybody really getting that, right? He really loves me. He really loves me a lot. So he loved, the father loved his son, and he revealed to him everything that he's about to do. How many know he wants to reveal to you what he's about to do? How many know in the day we're living, it would be kind of nice if he would reveal what he wants to do? But what is it? Jesus didn't tell everybody what the father was revealing. He just acted on it. Okay, so he's not asking I think one of the biggest things is he's got to destroy out of all of us and those who are watching. We've got to get rid of selfish ambition. This cannot be about having a big ministry. This cannot be about making money. This cannot be about impressing anybody. This cannot be about proving anything. These are all the things he wants to cleanse out of us that Jesus didn't have. Jesus was perfectly confident in who he was. Even when the enemy hit him so hard and religious lead leaders hit him so hard, he had to know and know and know who he was. And so he's, he said, the father reveals to me everything um, he's about to do. These are great prayers to begin to ask. Lord, I want to know what you're about to do. I want to know what you're about to do. I want to know what you want me to do. I want to know what you want to do uh, in our nation. Friday nights are powerful because that's when we do intercession and we really pray what the father wants us to do. How many notes that around here? It's like... We don't, it doesn't even have to be the news topic, right? We're, at, we're kind of ahead of the news around here. We're kind of watching unfold what he had us pray last year. And now he's beginning to give us vision to pray for the upcoming years. That's exciting. All right. Because the father loves his son so much, he always reveals to him everything that he's about to do. And you will be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. So basically, some people say, well, who does he think he is? Isn't he boasting? Well, I see a real boldness in being honest, even if other people do, don't understand that. Jesus wasn't trying to do anything. He was just speaking the truth in love. 
He's like, if you think this is something, just wait. I think we almost need t-shirts that say that. If you think what God has done in my life so far is something, just wait. If you think what God has done at Beauty for Ashes is something, just wait. If you think what God has done at Benny Hinn Crusades is something, just wait. If you think, how many, we got to get that expectation. Everybody's trying to hide and say, oh no, the enemy's winning and we're all out of here. No, no, no. There's going to be a gigantic harvest of souls. There's going to be a people so sold out to God, so full of the power and the presence of God, so real in their relationship with God, they'll easily lay down their life for the kingdom. They're already going to know nobody can take my life unless God has me lay it down. Already fully confident of the, award, the rewards for that. And knowing, and, and just you can look at Stephen in scripture and see the first martyr, I think, in the book of Acts. And, and he was looking at God. He had the glory of God on him. He didn't look like he was having a bad time. He's like, God, forgive them. How many know if we're going into the end days where you can read the book of Revelation and you can read in Daniel and you can see some things, how many know we need that kind of revelation? We need that kind of understanding of God. We've got to quit being afraid to die. But I don't want the devil in charge of when I die. But I seriously want to die however God wants me to die for his glory, which is only by persecution, just so everybody knows. The only scripture he gives that glorifies him for us to die besides an old age, is because of being persecuted for righteousness' sake. And there's a special crown for that and everything, special honor. He goes on to say, For just like the Father has power to raise the dead, the Son will raise the dead and give life to whomever he wants. Ooh. Now, when he says to whomever he wants, you got to go back to where he says, whom the Father shows me. Right? Because he said, I only do what I see my father doing. Now, if he sees his father wanting to raise every dead person who dies um, a premature death, then Jesus can raise every dead person who dies a premature death. It doesn't mean he has to see it that instant, but he needs to have that knowing. And how I many know we got to spend more time with God to find out how to do this and when we should do this and why we should do this? I mean, we didn't see Jesus run and um, stop John the Baptist from being beheaded, did we? We also didn't see him stop um, Lazarus from dying, but he waited. He actually waited until the father told him to go. We'll look at that later. That's another really powerful thing. So there's a timing in this with God. There's, you can't take one scripture that says, well, Jesus says here he, he, the father raises him from the dead, so now he raises us from the dead whomever he wants without recognizing that he had to hear the father about Lazarus, that he went to funeral. You know, we don't know. We really don't know how many he raised from the dead. Maybe he showed up to every child's funeral while he was walking in that area and raised them all from the dead. We see where he did that some, but the Bible says you can't even, con the world can't even contain all the miracles he did. Wow. Okay, get this picture for a minute. When Jesus died and laid down his life, he was like a seed that was planted to produce um, many, many more like him, right? Well, guess that's us. So just imagine the fear of the enemy who actually saw what happened when Jesus walked the earth and, and then the disciples. Just think how petrified he is of what if all these people actually yield to the Holy Spirit like Jesus did 
and they all start raising the dead and changing funerals and preaching and getting people saved and they all begin to walk in healing get other people is everybody ready to leave your junk behind and start going after the kingdom of god especially the king and could be sidetracked with all the problems and just it's time to say those are over and start walking out of your bondage and begin to get vision for doing the greater works. Get vision for doing the greater works because it's going to be amazing what God has planned. It's not going to be uh, everybody hiding, covering their mouths, afraid to open their doors. It's going to be a people powerful for what God has. I remember Karen and I were in um, the Philippines and we went to some little off the main trail, some little kind of tribal thing. And um, so we're praying for people and they're getting healed. We had no idea we were praying for people with um, tuberculosis. No, was it tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. We're face to face with all these people with tuberculosis. It's not till after we do the prayer line, power of God's hitting everybody, that the pastor says, oh, they all had tuberculosis. Did we get freaked out? We just looked at each other and said, well, they're not anymore. I want that kind of everyday faith now. But I know that the Lord had us doing that, right? So we need to begin to, to cry out for our nation to get hungry to see the Lord doing miracles here through us, to see this as our mission field, to see the mobile home park as your mission field, to see the school where you work as a mission field for real. A mission what? To glorify God. He goes on. The Father now judges no one, for he has given all authority to judge to the Son. I just want everybody to know, when Jesus was taken up, which was after this, he says he's been given all authority, and he then gave it to the believers. So it's been passed down. The Father had it. The Father gave it to the Son. The Son had it. He, on his three and a half years, he walked in that authority. He did all that. And then when he was taken up, he gave it to his believers. You have the authority. You are the one who has Holy Spirit in you now. You are the one who is, to, you are the ones to heal the sick. You are the ones to cast out demons. You are the one. Say, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm the one given authority to do what Christ did for the glory of the Father. We, you've got to believe it, people. And you're not going to believe it until you're spending time with God. Jesus got along with the Father every day. The whole word anointing means to be rubbed on by God. It means to be so close to God that his presence is all over you. And you spend that time getting his presence all over you with the oil, with no other motive than to be close to God. All right. He goes on. So now the, so the, the honor that belongs to the father will be shared with his son. If you refuse to honor the son, you are refusing to honor the father who sent him. So for people who are okay with God, but not with Jesus, it doesn't work. There are no, there's only one way to the Father is through his son, Jesus Christ. Plain and simple, not up for debate. Anyone teaching otherwise is teaching error. All the way to the point, to be honest, that that would be false. That would be a false teacher or false prophet. Why? Because they're coming against one of the main truths that you cannot um, walk away from and call yourself a Christian. You are not a Christian if you do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Heavenly Father. 
It's clear, it's easy. Jesus himself makes that very clear. How many know apostles are the ones to get doctrine back into uh, the place where you know what the, that the truth is only preached and talked? And the enemy hates that. That's why he wants a truckload of different versions and take things out and change things. No, the true apostolic calling is going to get things straight. And you see Jesus doing this right here. This is not even hard. He just makes it very simple. He says, I speak to you an eternal truth. Okay, eternal truth means this never stops, right? If you embrace my message, if you embrace Jesus Christ and believe in the one who sent me. So basically, if you embrace that Jesus Christ is the son of God and was sent by God, you will never face condemnation. You will never, ever be condemned to hell. You will never, ever be forsaken by, from, from the Father. You will never be separated. But the key there is to know, it says to embrace his message, not to just have hidden knowledge of it, to make it a heart knowledge. For in me, you have already passed from the realm of death into the realm of eternal life. Okay, how many know that's awesome that when I really get born again, it's not a little thing. When I really accept Jesus Christ as Lord and I know he was sent by the Father, he's the only way to the Father, that he died for my sins, I have already uh, been made um, death-proof. <laughs> I've been made death-proof. Death cannot touch me. Death has no sting. Death for a believer in Jesus Christ is seriously like going home to your house and taking your coat off and the coat drops to the floor and you keep going. Your body is just a coat. When it drops off, the real you keeps going without that heavy old coat on. So you shouldn't be afraid to die. Ever. It's an it's amazing thing that we do not have to fear punishment, condemnation, or death. But we need to embrace the Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to stop right there on this one. And how many learned something about um, what's this going to be like when the apostles come on the scene? Has some people, okay. And, and so my prayer in this time is that you take this serious. I really hope people are taking notes. This is awesome. Really, this is... This is really good teaching and preaching and, and things to help you. All right? So I want you to really see that. I really want you to see that I, I want to go home and I want to start praying into some of this. I want to ask God to be that real to me. I want to embrace who Jesus is. I want to start reading the gospel and really seeing Jesus. I want to know that the Father loves me. If I got to go home and tell myself the Father loves me, I know on our uh, mentorship page we have teaching uh, of specific um, uh, videos and things we did about how much the father loves you because if your natural father didn't love you then you might carry that woundedness over to the way you see the heavenly father so I encourage you to get a hold of that go to beautyfreshes.org and check that out on the um, mentorship or partnership page like I said if it's your first time we'll give you one month free of watching as many videos and teachings as you'd like because we really know you're going to want to partner with us and be a part of what God's doing and I have so many 
hours and hours and hours and hours of teaching. There's no way I can do all that on YouTube, but it's exciting or Facebook, but it's exciting to be able to get this teaching out there. All right. So, so really look at it that way. Really ask God, get these truths, go home, reread this, go home and listen to it. If you have an audible Bible, go and listen to it on the, what's that? Um, Word of promise. Go listen to it on Word of Promise. Begin to meditate on the Word. In other words, don't rush to the next thing. Take the next, take some time tomorrow, put it, you know, put it in your ears and listen to it. Go home tonight and put the Audible Bible on and let it saturate. This is what I do all the time. This is what I do all the time. I love reading it, then listening to it, and then listening to it in the two translations. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.